back to the rabbit, <laughs> rabbit hole. Another week in the books. Week seven's over. 4 0 weekend by me. Just want a little round of applause. I'll give that one to myself. I don't know how you guys did, but another 4 0 weekend finally in the books. Be sure to follow us, subscribe to the channel, follow us on Twitter at the Bacus here at Preston pool 405 and at Jake cart. Jake has been on a freaking tear. I would love to see his analytics for Twitter. Cause they're probably like 5 million percent this month. Yeah. Uh, Jake, what let's just, let's just like get right into it for real. You guys go around and tell your records here in a second, but Jake huge win this week. Huge. What are your thoughts? Initial thoughts of the weekend for your game specifically. And uh, of course, uh, Represent. Yeah, yeah. Represent. Uh, respect you know, everywhere. Respect you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Especially when we've just been disrespected all year. It can constantly, every game we play, we're underdogs. I mean, the thing is with Texas, uh, you know, I, I didn't know how they was going to react. I didn't know if that they were going to come out and play on fire, you know, or they're just going to be devastated. Turns out, I think, oh, you helped us a little bit. I think they were devastated. I think the thing was is, uh, you know, we started off really bad, but, man, Jim Knowles' play calling is insane right now. I mean, that pick six, like, I mean, all the credit to Sean Taylor, but that was a call down from the booth of, hey, that was throw a, that slant jump in front of it. And Preston, did you watch that game? Yeah, yeah, I got to that watch that. That was a uh, game changing moment. That inter- that pick six was literally the game, the moment that whole tide switched because from there on, you guys control. Like it, you, it was kind of like back and forth for the first little bit, but once that inter- that pick six happened, you guys basically had it in the book. Like it almost was like, all right, yeah, you guys are gonna win this thing. Yeah, down the dri- the last drive or two, there was a couple like you know. It, it, that big run you guys had. Uh, there's a couple moments where you're like, oh shit, Texas might fucking be able to do this and give Oklahoma state another cry or whatever. But you get like, really, I knew it from that fucking pick six. I was like, all right, this is, you guys are good. Like you guys are fucking good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the thing is, yeah, it's 17 to three. They're in scoring position. So it's like, we're going to go down three possessions instead of it being 17, three, it's 10, 17. So now it's a one possession game. And then Texas, I mean, the thing is, is that just, we were coming back. I think Spencer Sanders, although did not play great because, well, here's the thing. I think Spencer Sanders actually played decent because first play of the game, 60 yard pass to Tay Martin drops it. He Tay Martin dropped the fade in the end zone that easily should have been caught. So there, there was a lot of things going on. I think honestly, a low key MVP Tanner Brown backup kicker, ends up kicking was four or four on field goals, especially being in Austin, the harsh environment. And it's such a crucial game. You know, it's 22, 24, you got to kick it to get up one point. And so all the pressure B four, four is massive. I think the thing was, is uh, Texas just imploded in that fourth quarter of they only had, we stopped them to one yard, which is basically they went three and out twice. They threw a pick and then, Honestly, Jalen Warren, dude, just carried us there at the end. Was Spencer Sanders played good enough to throw a couple balls here and there? He got the Brendan Presley touchdown. But I think Jalen, dude, just has been impressive week in and week out, just continuing to get better. There's there's things of we hand him the ball, it's third and six, and somehow, some way, even though there's not a hole, he somehow sneakily gets to the marker. Some just crazy. So I, I think that Texas win was massive had to have that because I believe now Texas is on the outside of that 
even if oh, we had two easily. losses, you know. Yeah, I think te- Texas is basically done. Can we get a unanimous? A unanimous yeah. whoop. Uh, dude it's crazy because you know what texas is so on the outside that utsa is in the top 25 like the longhorns are so on the outside that utsa you can't spell nutsack without utsa they're in the top 25 texas is down bad this year they're just i mean they're down bad last what since fucking 2007 2008 maybe but they're down bad i think this is like one of the most hard because it was such high hopes with sark coming in like probably more high hopes than when charlie strong came in and tom herman sark was like the freaking light at the end of the tunnel for them almost and it's just it's just like deja vu almost, right? I mean, yeah. that was now but, yeah, it was a huge win for you guys. I think, and I think I said it to you. Uh, I called you right after that game ended. I was on the road. I went down to Texas this weekend. Actually, I was actually passing the stadium when they were playing. Um, unfortunately, did not get to go. But I called you right after that game, and I said, like, you guys, it's it's almost down down to OU and OSU now. Like, it's probably going to be you two in the Big Twelve championship. I know that's Jake. You don't want to. Yeah. You're just week to week basis. Uh, I'm not I'm trying to Preston, get ahead of myself, but here. you guys probably you pressing you guys. I mean, I'll, you guys you could talk about uh, OU yourself here in a second, but OU is now like looking what they should have been like from the get go, right? I mean, you guys that's that's the OU you probably have expected all year long, and finally they had that offensive, uh, complete offensive game for the most part. I didn't get to watch every second of that, so I don't know exactly if there was any mistakes. I'm sure there were a little bit, but for the most part, from what I can tell on paper and just the, the parts that I was watching. Oh, you, that was, that was the offense and really maybe not the defense, but offense for sure that you guys have been hoping for. Am I right? Yeah, no, no, for sure. Uh, Caleb Williams turns out is a very good quarterback for OU. Uh, he's played what six and a half, seven quarters of football. And he already has the fifth, fifth uh, best odds to win the Heisman uh, so far this season. Crazy. Um, and I think that that's just what we've come to know as an OU quarterback. You know, Spencer Rattler had his flaws. It is what it is. And he's in the uh, the back seat now uh, in the rear view mirror when it comes to quarterback at OU. Uh, OU still needs to get some uh, healthy players back on the defense. They have been bitten by the injury bug on the back end of that defense uh, and safety and cornerback and stuff like that. So uh, the pass defense is lacking there in Norman right now, but that front seven looks good. They played well against TCU. Um, so looking good for the Sooners going forward. And I do think it's going to end up being coming down to that Bedlam game, the last game of the season. Uh, and they're going to end up playing twice uh, in a row, playing in Stillwater and then playing in uh, Arlington the next week. I agree. I, I think Jake, I know, like I said, you, you are the type of person you don't like to get too far ahead of yourself on uh, Oklahoma state, just because, I mean, you know, I get it recency and last yeah. few years, you just, you always take an L you guys, it's, it's, a, it's hard for anyone to go to undefeated, let alone Oklahoma state. And that's no disrespect. I mean that very respectfully because as you can see, I'm representing, but I do think yeah, it's going to come down to bedlam for, for that regular season, you know, prowess or what have you. And then it'll come down to you guys playing again down in Dallas for that big 12 championship. And I really do think like, obviously Iowa state is going to be tough this weekend. You guys go up to Ames, right? Yep. That's going to be huge. Or is that this weekend? Right? Yeah. I took that one. Um, but yeah, that's going to be a huge game because Iowa State's no joke, but they're not like 
they're not like the OU's Texas and past Iowa state teams. I think you guys are going to win that game for sure. Uh, so I do think it's going to, I think you guys go into Bedlam both undefeated. I truly think that, and it's going to be because why wouldn't it like, why wouldn't the last, you know, one of the last years potentially for this game to even happen and it not be like a spectacle, like it's going to be a huge, well, big I've deal. even seen people talk about it. This might be the biggest Bedlam ever. If both teams go in undefeated, they could be both, top five, maybe even top four, depending on how other things shake out uh, with like a Cincinnati or um, in Ohio state or Alabama, stuff like that. So it could potentially end up being the biggest. It'll Bedlam definitely game be top ever. 10. I yeah, mean, for sure. If top, it goes yeah. on this, if it goes on this path of you guys going into Bedlam undefeated, it's definitely going to be a top 10 game, but yeah, you're right. It very well could be a top five matchup. If not, maybe top six. I mean, you guys, Jake are sitting at number eight, correct. And, and Preston, you guys are six yeah. or something. Five, you, you uh, three. You know, what's crazy about that is I saw one poll where it was, uh, OU was four, Ohio state was six and Oklahoma state was eight. Who do we appreciate college football? <laughs> and, and so I was sitting there and I was like, Oh, two, four, six, eight. Okay. That's crazy. But I, I mean, for us, yeah, it's six to seven in Austin, which is crazy. We keep getting disrespected. I mean, 16 straight bowl games. This is the craziest stat of all in the past 14 seasons. We've been ranked in the top 10, 10 times in the past 14 seasons. So, that's I mean, pretty good. to go, yeah. I mean, to go from, you know, here's because what I was talking about the other day. So Ames, it's Ames at two thirty. We're a seven point dog in that game. It's it's crazy. I think that's good though. I don't want to be a favorite. We play better as dogs. Being disrespected, I agree. So, I agree. So I, I I like all everything that's kind of going. I hate the game. I hate playing Iowa State undefeated. It's just not board well for us in the past. Uh, the, I think Iowa state's one of the most talented teams. I think it's OU, Oklahoma state, Iowa state and Baylor right now are the best teams right now in the big 12 that are rolling. So it, it'll be interesting. Cause I think the thing is if somehow, some way we can make it past Iowa state, I think there's probably, it's going to be a pretty high number, like 80 something percent chance that we run the table. Cause Texas tech's not looking good. Kansas isn't looking Into good. Bed, let me we got about. Yeah, into Bedlam. So West yeah. West Virginia. So we have Texas Tech, TCU, West Virginia, or uh, Kansas, Kansas, TCU, West Virginia, and Texas Tech. So all of those games, I think we will be big favors in. I mean, maybe West Virginia on the road or TCU at home will be the only two tough games. I, I'm not sure about Texas Tech and obviously Kansas. So I mean, all of those games we. Should should go through. So the thing is, you beat Iowa State. It's monumental. You get that head to head, and you basically we cancel everything out. I think with OU, they have a little bit. The good thing is, is you got Kansas coming up. Every your schedule is looking particularly easy right now. You have some flaws here and there. I think with OU, what's going on is that you're reverting back to the old ways that you were. Your offense is finally rising up, playing great. Your defense is kind of taking a step back. And I think at least you have time right now with Kansas and you get a bye week and then you kind of have murderers row in that back half of your season where you have to play Baylor, Iowa state, Oklahoma state, all back to back to back. So at least right now for Caleb, the good news is, is you got time to figure stuff out and then, you know, you step into the really tough part of your schedule. Yeah. And you get, and that gives them time. Also, yeah, exactly. It gives them time to get healthy on defense. Cause I mean, 
you're having to sit there and play guys that have seen, you know, five to 10 snaps uh, on defense, like starting wise, uh, that's not a good mixture for anyone that that front defensive line, the linebackers are finally starting to play better for OU. Uh, they did a lot better versus TCU. And then of course that defensive line against uh, a TCU offensive line, that I would say is one of the better ones in the big 12. Um, they didn't do exactly what you wanted them to, but they're still, I believe top 10 uh, defensive line stat wise in the country. Um, so once you get those guys back, like a Delarian Turner Yale that's played, you know, 30 games for the Sooners, you get a, hopefully you get a Woody Washington back. Who's one of the best corners. Uh, I don't know if they're going to get him back. Maybe, maybe for the big 12 championship game. I don't know. It's not looking good from what I've read. Uh, and then you have a DJ Graham who was knocked out last week with the concussion uh, protocol. He it looks like he's cleared that. And it's going to be good to go for Kansas. Uh, but yeah, definitely you have um, Kansas coming up this week. You have a bye week, then you have Tech, uh, but then you have to play Baylor, Iowa State, and Oklahoma State, like you said. And those are three tough games. Uh, but at this point, with the offense rolling like it is, um, I, I'm not too worried until that Oklahoma State game. Uh, about be that Oklahoma, so all right, so you and, and I think Jake, you're pretty much the same way. As long as you get through Iowa State, you're pretty much like you feel very. Obviously, it's not 100 chance, but you feel very confident that you'll get to that Oklahoma State Oklahoma game, that Bedlam game, undefeated. Preston, do you have any concerns with OSU now? Like now that you've seen them, I mean, obviously, no one thinks Texas is the Texas, but they still have an offense that you know, BJ, B. John Robinson still put up freaking numbers in the first two quarters and, and third really, but none in the fourth, obviously, but like they, they're not like a joke joke, but they are a joke. You know what I mean? And so are you, are, are you seeing things from Oklahoma state that you're any, you're even worried about? Or like, do you, do you feel like that this offense once, you know, once they get another game under their belt and then another one, because Kansas is really just a pra- uh, of like an, uh, a boosted practice, really. I mean, if we're being honest, and so you guys are really going to be able to f- just throw out things out there and get under, get into the flow of things. That offense is going to be able to put up numbers. Are you worried about Oklahoma State if you guys go in in, in there undefeated? Uh, to be honest, just the uh, the record with the rivalry and all that, I'm I'm not too worried about Oklahoma State. To be quite honest with you, I, I would have been more worried about it if Caleb Williams came out this last week versus TCU and just laid an egg and didn't do anything. But he came out and he played absolutely. He was PFF ranked him as the best quarterback in the country last week. Uh, versus TCU, who always their defense isn't as good as what it's been recently. But Gary Patterson always has a decent defense down there. And Caleb Williams in his first start was able to go and put up those numbers. Uh, and it's only going to get better from here. Yeah, I, I think agree. the I ability think... that uh, the ability he has to run the football and pass the football, it just adds so much to that offense that defenses are always going to be sitting there guessing, you know, what's going to happen. He, he could tuck it and run for 20 yards. He could throw it, you know, 40 yards downfield. He needs to get better on like the long downfield passing. I think he, he missed a couple of those throws Saturday. Um, and a couple of those were on the receivers, but that's, that's, those are things that can get fixed. Easily. You play yeah, Kansas, honest, you're going to be able to work on those long, pa- those deep passes, those uh, plus 15, plus 20 yard throws and, and really take yeah. risks in a Kansas game where you're like, you're already, you're going to go up 30 probably in the first quarter and a half or first half, at least probably I would assume. And so at that point, you're going to be able to take risk and just get some, just get some reps under them. You know, even if you went, if, even if you had 20 incompletions in the second half, just off like long throws and throws that they're trying to like get him, uh, get him reps with. That's a, I think that'd be all right. You know, even if he misses them, whether it be the receiver, obviously you want him to 
you want him to complete them, but like just to get those reps under his belt that aren't in practice that are on a actual team that you, you don't face every day in practice. I think that's yeah. important, but Jake, what were you about to say? Oh, I was going to say, I mean, watching the game, I, well, first of all, I think the game was horribly officiated not to throw it one way or the other, but I think there's a lot of pass interference calls that were super sketchy. I think TCU should have got a safety in that one in the end zone. So, you know, it's not all, you know, ref's fault, but I think the thing was, dude, is that Gary Patterson's good at stopping the run and he stacked the box and everything. And their safety play was just horrific. Number seven got burned every play. And I mean, it was almost that Caleb Williams, even though he's young and and kind of inexperienced and, and I'm just not totally sold on the passing. I mean, it was, he almost played like, okay, we hiked the ball, see the guy running 40 yards wide open downfield. He would look over to Spencer Rattler and be like, yep, I'm in the game and <laughs> chunk it downfield. And he would underthrow some balls. I mean, literally that's, that's what it kind of looked like. I think the thing is the biggest thing about TCU is I think, OU looked great, but also TCU, I don't, was not quite full force. Zach Evans is their best player. Oh, yeah. 100%, play. Yeah. And, and, and they just, you know, I think, Oh, you didn't blow them out in the beginning and they kind of kept it close. So it's, it's still kind of tough to say. I think they widened the gap there in the end, but you know, against a kind of a hobbled TCU team is it's a good win, but not super impressive. But at least, like I said, you got Kansas coming up. I would put Caleb in the most difficult situations possible because basically you can just literally hike the ball and hand it to Kennedy Brooks and you're going to win the game. So I, I would and that's try another to part of the OU team. That's, that's really starting to get better. Kennedy Brooks is starting to come back to the form that he was, you know, in 2019. Uh, it looks like he's going to have his third thousand yard season for OU. And that's another thing that's going to just add to that offense and, and really open things up for Caleb. Yeah. Having yeah, a, yeah, having absolutely. a mobile quarterback and then an effective running back, is like huge. Even if you don't have the best line, because like, like you said earlier, he can just take out, he can just tuck and run for 20 at any moment. And the fact that you don't like it, those play actions where he like hands it off at the very last second or pulls it. I mean, it's huge. Cause you really never know. Kennedy Brooks could take it and then just plow that line right over and go fucking 10, 15 yards too. And he's, he's legit. And like you said, he's coming back to full form, but let's wrap I, up. Oh, uh, you, uh, hold on. Oh, one more. Go say ahead. One thing. Go ahead. Well, last, last thing for the thing of, cause you asked Preston if he was nervous about, Bedlam. Oh yeah. Are you? <laughs> so here, <laughs> yeah. So here's the thing. I'm not nervous for Bedlam, even though, I mean, deep down I kind of am, but the thing is, is that here's the predicament that we're in. If we win Bedlam in Stillwater and then have to turn around and play OU in Arlington again, like a week later, that's not good for us. Cause trying to, I mean, trying to win Bedlam twice in one year is going to be a tall order for us. So it's almost like, do we almost win out and lose Bedlam on purpose to win in Arlington? Or do you win out, win Bedlam and then, you know, it's just so, so cause nah, the thing wins is, are dude, always guaranteed Jake. You're, you're staying at the big 12. You can win the big 12 next year. So when, uh, since he comes in or whatever, but anytime you get the chance to win that rivalry game, you got to take it. Even, even plus, if you know, like you got a, lesser of chance to beat them again in a week in a following week. That's a bold strategy for a team that can't even win Bedlam once a year. Wow. Yeah. All right. Well, with all that said, <laughs> let's in unison. But I mean, try to win twice. There's no let's way. In unison, no, no, no. I, I get what you're saying. I just had to take that jab. With a quick yeah. uh, horns down segment. Boom. <laughs>
All right. Well, we're going to move on to uh, let's talk about our picks from this past weekend, and then we'll get into our picks for this upcoming weekend. Like I said, I went 4-0. I don't know how you guys did. I want you guys to go around and tell me because I'm actually interested. But I went 4-0. It was actually kind of close. Uh, almost got – if I would have taken money line for Q's, dude, I kind of knew – I actually thought they'd – I think I might have even said it on the show that I th- thought they'd win, but they should have won. They were plus 14, and they only lost by three right at the last second. Clemson sucks. I mean, they're down bad. They, I mean, Texas down bad. Yeah, but that's different type. Of, that's like generational down bad. Clemson is sucking right now. They're they're not going to suck for long, but they suck this year. Uh, Kentucky, they covered that plus 23 and a half. It was very close. But I do think Georgia is a beatable team. Yeah, Kentucky wasn't the team to do it. But I think Georgia is a beatable team. Obviously, they crushed them. But again, they are a beatable team. I think everyone is. I think everyone's going to lose. Whether they lose, maybe it's like a fluke, like, I don't know. I really don't know who they're going to lose to actually in the regular season, but I do think they will drop one. Um, Oklahoma state had them plus five and a half should have taken a money line. Cause I, I knew they would that. I mean, late Oklahoma state laying points after how Texas even looked uh, the week before in the, in the game against OU, it was just crazy. And then Ole Miss minus three and a half or three, actually they beat Tennessee pretty handily. Uh, but that was a Speaking crazy of that game. We will have to get into that after we do our picks. Cause that, yeah, that yeah. was a crazy, crazy ending to a game. That was a crazy uh, scenario that was going on. So I went yeah. for, no, those are my picks. Preston, you go next. And, and what'd you, what'd you go this weekend? Uh, I'm trying to think it got a little foggy for me for the, towards the end of the night. Uh, started celebrating a little bit too much for the OU game. Yeah. I remember you saying um, that uh, you we were going back and forth on Twitter about Logie's uh, floors. Like, yeah, death taxes and Logie's floors, making your shoes sticky. Like that's something you're going to be guaranteed. Yeah. Even if it's not, you could go in there in the middle of the day. Your shoes are going to get sticky. Oh, 100%. Uh, Jake, you go ahead and go first. I'm still trying to do some. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So obviously we had a big game with Texas coming up. So I knew to fade myself extra hard this week. So of <laughs> course I went 0 and 3. And so if you're always trying to take my picks, just bet against me and you would be doing spectacular this season, you know, do as I say, not as I do. So I had a uh, San Diego state minus nine uh, that went to overtime. So obviously didn't cover that one. Uh, you, uh, Kentucky, Georgia over that one didn't hit. And then, uh, central Florida, Cincinnati and Cincinnati blues doors off of by more than 21. So, so yeah, I, I, yeah. So, you know, that's the thing of, I knew to fade myself, I needed all the juju I could get. Cause you know, the worse I pick, the better Oklahoma state does. It's worked out beautiful. We're six and oh. I mean, 16 straight bowls, like just keep, got to keep the juice going. So, so what's you know, your overall record? My overall record right now is seven and 13. Cause I'm 16 and 11. Preston? So yeah, I just did the math. Turns out I thought I went two and one. Turns out I went three and no last week. So perfect oh. week for me. Hey, yeah. fist bump to that. There Congratulations. Uh, so my record now crawling up on me, but <laughs> Four and is better than three, you know. Yeah, but my record now is 12 and 10. So okay. uh, back over 500 on the season. I had Georgia minus 23 and a half. That was a game that I had really no clue. I was like, wait, I don't know. But and I ended up getting that one because they won by what, 27. No, uh, no, no. Alabama. They Because I had Kentucky plus 23. Didn't they only win by 17? Uh, it was 30 to 13 is what it says here on the uh, four-letter network. Oh, then I did my math wrong. Then I went three and one. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. All right. So correction, 
Well, well, I had to fucking go into my Twitter bio. <laughs> I'm 15 and 12. Fuck. Okay. We almost, we almost, you know, it's wild. We almost all went perfect. Almost all of us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cause I went 0 three, you went four and oh, and yeah. Damn man. Well, uh, but then I had, then. thank you. I had Alabama minus 17 and a half versus Mississippi state. That was an easy one. And I took the over uh, 58 in the uh, Cincy UCF game, and Cincy almost hit that by themselves. So I, I hit that one as well. So yeah, so let's, get, let's talk about that. Cincy, Cincy's. I mean, I, I mean, I don't know if it's just who they're playing. They're a wagon right now. I think. They're, they're a wagon. like fucking for real. Like, do they get in? Do they get if they run the table? If they go undefeated, do they get into the playoffs? The thing is that schedule. Like the only team they've really played is what a Notre Dame team that's shitty. Yeah. So yeah. it's like I agree. Eh. The, I agree. Only, the only team they have left too is SMU. That's the and then SMU is like twenty fourth, I think, in the country right now. Or yeah. Something. So like that's the only game that they even have a possibility of losing. Yeah, I so, think it's going to be I, tough I, one for They them. also have games like a Tulane that could they could judge versus OU, uh, and they have some other games like that. But if you have a, a Power Five conference champion OU. Uh, or even Ohio State that it has one loss to an Oregon team that is more than likely going to make the, the Pac-12 championship game. Um, I, I think you still have to take a one-loss Power 5 champ over an uh, undefeated group of five champ. I agree. I do agree. I think well, even if like OU or Ohio State weren't to get in and Bama made it and and – whatever else. Like, I think it's going to be, like you said, Ohio state or Oregon would get in, even if Ohio state and Oregon had ended with the same record and Ohio state has that lost Oregon, the obvious I had to had, I actually think Ohio state would get in over Oregon because they're going to end up playing five top 10 teams in a fucking row or maybe top 15 yeah. or whatever, depending on where uh, Iowa falls the, over the next couple of weeks, if they keep falling, but they're going to end up facing like, their last few games are five top 10 teams. They play Indiana this weekend and then it's boom, Penn state. And then the boom, Michigan state and boom, Michigan. And then something else. I think there's one more game in there. I can't remember exactly. I don't have the schedule on me, but they are going to end up playing some damn good teams towards the end of the stretch. So like that, that right there is going to set them up for, and then the big 10 championship, obviously that's going to set them up to have a better resume probably than Oregon, even though Oregon did beat them uh, earlier in the season. But I think Ohio state would get in over Oregon, which Ipso facto, Oregon would get in over Cincy. I agree. Um, Iowa. Did, did you see prediction? One, by the way. What prediction, Jake? Oh, for bowl bowl prediction or uh, bowl uh, predictions? No, go ahead. Predictions. Hit us. Uh, so I was. I took a peek at it. You know, I, every kind of week when we after we get a win, I kind of look at the. You know, they come out with uh, projections on bowls, and most of the time, you know, it's OU in the playoff and Oklahoma State in the Sugar Bowl playing like Bama or something crazy. But I did see one guy put a thing in there where it was Oklahoma State in the Fiesta Bowl playing Coastal Carolina. And I was like, whew, that game would be insane, which I think either way, whatever happens at the end of the year, I think I'm going to go to it no matter what. I think if it's Sugar Bowl, Fiesta Bowl, anything like that, like I'll be traveling. So, it, all right, let's one more, one more bedlam talk. If it's an undefeated, both it's, it's an undefeated matchup per se, uh, or let's say, and Oklahoma State wins that game and then OU wins in a close one, let's call it. They win by five. Let's put the spread at five. OU wins by five in the Big 12 championship game. They would probably put in OU, right? 
obviously, uh, yeah, I think probably. Yeah, just more. because the the committee, you already know the committee values that conference championship so much more than really anything else. And being a Power it. Five champion, let's flip it. Oklahoma State loses Bedlam, beats beats you in the Big Twelve championship by five. They put in Oklahoma State. I got to think about the SEC though, and all the other teams. <laughs> I, I want no, 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 no. I want to say yes. No, I want to okay. say yes. But here's the thing: like, Oklahoma, let's all be honest. Oklahoma State doesn't have the same like pull as like an Alabama or a Georgia. Say Alabama beats Georgia in a close one, and Alabama only has one loss to A and M. Georgia has one loss to. Um, Alabama in the conference championship game. Let's say Bama's like yeah, not even no. the question. We're, yeah, three losses. They they lose. I get it, games. bro. We're we're <laughs> disrespected. I understand it. Here's here's the true answer. The better way to say it. The thing is, is that Bedlam will be in Stillwater, so that's gonna hurt us record wise, no matter what happens, because they'll say, oh well, it was in Stilly. You know, if yeah. it was in Norman, I would say it the other way around. But since it's in Stilly, they're not gonna give that game as much volition as a neutral site game, like in Arlington. So if you, if you lose, you know, cause they'll say, Oh, well, Oh, you lost on the road and then won at a neutral site. So, you know, that's kind of the thing. I think if it's the other way around where, Oh, you wins, they'll give him even more credit saying, Oh, well you won on the road at their house, even though you lost on a neutral site, it's kind of like the same thing with, uh, even though I guess Texas is a bad example because you lost the Red River game, but then one beat them in the Big Twelve or Big Twelve title because I guess they're both neutral. But same same kind of thing of yeah, I, I think the championship will hold more value. But you know, deep in our hey, hearts, you basically got to go. You basically got to run the table. You think to get to the playoffs? Oh, 13 and zero. Yeah, it's yeah, but that's just that's just how we've always been and always operated. Like it's just a known fact. Like we have to run because we did it in eleven. We should have went to the title and we didn't kind of what spurred the playoff. You know, we were one of those original people that helped Damn. spur the whole thing. You guys are thing. freaking motivators, huh? Up there in Stillwater. So, you guys are freaking. So, yeah. So, I you mean, guys we, are, we you guys are the, the, the voice of change up there in Stillwater. But one last, one last time. Let's do all unison. Three, two, one. Horns down. And then let's get right into the picks. Preston, you go first, then Jake, and I'll, I'll wrap it up. We got to do these ones a little quick. We got about eight and a half minutes yeah. before we get into the next segment, which will be NFL. So 12 and 10 on the season. Uh, I'm actually riding with the folks this week, plus seven versus Iowa State. I think that's a crazy line, and I think OSU will get that done easily. I'm also taking Coastal Carolina on Wednesday night, minus four versus Appalachian State. That one kind of confused me, and I was like, I'm going to hammer that one. Uh, because Coastal Carolina scored over 50 points in every game except for one this year. And then I'm taking the under, and uh, it's under 48, versus, and it's Clemson versus Pitt. I think that one should probably hit pretty well as well. So those are my three picks this week. Gotcha, Jake. Okay, well, I know both of you guys are taking Iowa State. I'm not touching that game with 10-foot pole. I mean, that game <laughs> makes me more more nervous than no, I think anything. Preston, you said I you're mean, taking Oklahoma State plus seven, right? Yeah. 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 I'm saying like you're taking that game, like you guys oh, yeah. are taking us, you know, but that's, that's the thing, dude, that, that game is going to be, I mean, I did see a little snippet real quick, but Iowa state put 15 and two in October and their two losses are to us. Beautiful. But uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, week eight, uh, as always, dude, I take uh, an early game before Saturday. So I'll take central Florida 
minus one and a half against Memphis. I think that, I mean, it's a, it's basically a pick em game, but I think central Florida historically has always had that little bit of edge against Memphis. So we'll see uh, how that turns out. And then uh, I, I have K state plus one against Texas tech. I think K state as well. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a tough game. Cause I just, Texas tech has just, not surprise me. They've looked good at times and they looked really bad at times. And K-State is kind of more of they've battled through injuries and stuff more than them actually being, you know, playing bad. So I'll take K-State plus one. So they're basically two pick them games. And then the disrespect, you know, the Iowa State, Oklahoma State game should have been game day. But I take game day every week, Oregon, UCLA. Uh, I'll take UCLA minus two. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, that's a tough one. They're, they're kind of all toss ups. I mean, it's two, one and a half and one. So they're kind of almost all pick them games, but I'll, I'll take UCLA. Sounds good. I actually looked at that game too, uh, but I, I decided against it. So, but yeah, I'm going with Oklahoma State plus seven. I agree, Preston. I think I, I just can't see why. If it would have been minus money, I wouldn't have even taken. I don't think I would have taken the game, or I don't know if I would have taken Oklahoma State. But because they're plus, or they're plus uh, points, I should say, because they're plus points, plus seven. I think I do think they win the game, but I just think with that spread, it's just weird how Oklahoma State works. Whenever you guys are dogs, you guys win. Whenever you guys are favorites, you just drop the ball. Um, so I got Oklahoma State plus seven. I'm taking Minnesota minus five. I don't think Maryland's that great i think minnesota's on a roll again you know they they tend to like be a little here and there in the earlier season and then just you know start rowing the boat later on and so i think they're gonna row the boat against maryland and i'm taking nc state minus three and a half or minus three against miami i think nc state they're at number 18 or 19 right now i think they're they're actually a really good team i think they're they're deservedly top 25 um but i didn't really like too many lines this week's or even over unders. So I kind of just stuck with those ones. I, I agree, Jake. I like to take Friday and Thursday, uh, Thursday and Friday games. I just didn't see one. I really, really liked um, I, who Preston, can you see who plays Navy? Cause that's a game that I looked at too. Uh, Cincinnati, I, I, I believe. Yeah. See, I, I think it is Cincinnati and I was going to take that game, but I just can't, I would have had to go. And on that one, game. I would hit the under on that one just simply because Navy is kind of like that, like an army team that is a triple option and holds onto the ball so long. Um, so since he's only going to have it for, you know, 15 minutes out of the whole entire game to try and put up some points, kind of like that army game in, in Norman a couple of years ago. That's true. They, still, yeah, they just, just don't have the ball I, long enough to, to do anything. I would have had to take the points on that one. And I can't, I just couldn't go against Navy. Not this year. Not especially yeah. after they're probably, especially since they're probably gonna get their ass kicked. Um, but you know, another, and that's it for the picks, by the way, we're going to wrap this up here in a second um, and move on to NFL. But another game that surprised me was Air Force beat uh, Boise, which was pretty surprising because Air Force isn't usually a team to have those big wins like that. And I feel like Boise should be a team that is, you know, they just beat uh, BYU when they were number 10. So Boise is not like a terrible team by any stretch of the means. So Air Force, that's a huge win for them. Uh, hey, a game know, we got to talk about, Lane Kiffin. Yeah, we have to talk about this. Who carries a mustard bottle ball then at all times? <laughs> or, or golf, golf balls. Yeah. How do you yeah. get in the game with a mustard bottle, golf ball? Did you guys see his think... catch though? He is yeah. a water <laughs> bottle. He, he caught it. That was, you know, like dude, that's actually impressive. If you're a receiver, you might be a little worried. Cause it's like Lane Kevin's going to be like, Hey, you better fucking catch the ball. Cause if you don't, I'm gonna come out there on that field and do it for you. Matt Corral's on a roll too. Matt Corral. I've been a supporter for, of Matt Corral since the beginning of the season when he won me that 
uh, prop game prop and he hit like 283 yards i think it was exactly on the dot so i, I support matt corral that was just crazy yeah, i don't know no, I mean, yeah. tennessee and fans another thing are crazy, was, but they've always yeah. been getting fucked he said lane kiffin was like yeah they were throwing uh these dark colored bottles at me i don't know if it was moonshine or not and then people were like no dude that was dip spit like you were getting dead yeah oh throwing right at you like <laughs> it's like disgusting. They're throwing yeah. dip spit, golf balls mustard it, it was terrible that is disgusting. Yeah, insane. But yeah, let's move right on to NFL. Shit, let's get into the NFL. Uh, well, Preston, I know you are hurting from that loss, but damn, all I needed them, I needed the Chargers to at least just cover by that freaking minus or uh, that plus two. And I would have won quite a bit of money off some parlays because they were the only fucking team that didn't win on two different parlays of mine. So thank you for that, Chargers. Uh, but damn, the fucking Ravens, they look fucking good, huh? Yeah, I mean, that was just a bad matchup all around for the Chargers. Justin Herbert had an off day. The receivers weren't catching shit. It, it was terrible. Uh, and you knew, like, coming into that, the Chargers' run defense is absolutely terrible. They've had a bunch of injuries on defense. Um, and Lamar Jackson and all those 10 running backs they use in Baltimore just ran all over the place and basically got whatever they wanted to. And, and they the beaten up offensive line of the Chargers couldn't stop anything. Uh, the receivers couldn't catch anything, and Herbert was kind of shook, really, the whole entire game. Yeah. Um, so and yet I quit watching. Week. Yeah, Go I ahead. quit watching probably in like the third quarter. I was like, I, this is enough for me. Uh, I'm gonna just watch. I don't even think I so. saw it on the TV. What did What did you watch on? Like stream. Yeah, I just streamed it, but it's like you, you listen to uh, shout out. Pardon my take. You listen to them, and they talk about like the one game that they would never show on Red Zone, and that was this game. Uh, this week, but they never. Yeah, usually it's the zone, Giants. So. By the way, I remember one week they <laughs> were on there for like half a second, week two or three, and then they were never seen again. It, whatever week Red Zone was free was the week I'm talking about. Um, but uh, I mean, we we've been saying it what the last two or three weeks, and, I, and we're not the only ones saying it. But five hundred million dollars or four hundred million dollars for the man that is throwing fucking picks left and right. I mean, Patrick Mahomes. What's the what's his deal? I mean, I, I have no clue, to be honest with you. He starts off his career so hot. I, I think maybe teams are just starting to figure him out. But I still think, you know, like he's going to have to have a chance to turn it around. That Washington defense is absolutely terrible. They were able to pick him off. Was it one or two times? I, I can't really remember how, how many times it I was. Think it was. I think it was two, but I think there was a third one that got called back. Okay. I think there was a third yeah, one he, that got called back. He had he absolutely... No, the absolutely worst interception. He's like getting tackled and he just throws it up in the air and and it's caught. That was terrible. Um, yep. But hey, Chargers still sitting at number two in the AFC total. Um, so not too really worried. I mean, the about Bills them. took an L. The Bills took an L, yeah. which was surprising that they chose to do that. They basically chose to take the L. They had points sitting. Did you watch that, Jake? You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. Because they oh, had yeah. the points sitting right Dude. there. And I understand the move. I understand you want to give your offense the chance. You you trust Josh Allen to get that one yard, which, by the way, his foot slipped. If his foot doesn't slip, he gets that yard. Like, there's just no question. Yeah. Like, obviously, that's football. So you got to take it as, you know, take it as it is. But his foot slipped. If his foot doesn't slip, he gets that yard. And, the, the question wouldn't, it wouldn't even have been a question. So like, yeah, that was the right move. Of course, Josh Allen can get a yard, but his foot slipped. What are you going to do? I do like the move, but I do think it's stupid because they would have won that game in overtime easily. Like there's just a, no, no question. I mean, unless they gave it to Derrick Henry a billion times, which they did. And I think it might just start taking uh, Derrick Henry to score three touchdowns every fucking week because the man just scores touchdown. I think the last five weeks, 
He's went three touchdowns, one touchdown, no touchdowns, three touchdowns, three touchdowns. I mean, that's insane. And all plus hundred yards. I think, I think three out of the five or maybe four out of five were plus plus one forty, Uh, and so, or 140 yards plus or whatever. And so Derrick Henry's running all over everyone, but damn, the bills took that out. I don't think they, they really didn't have to. I really think they should have just taken the field goal and won in overtime because you know, you, you don't want to lose the game. You want to win as many games now, right now, because once teams start figuring, figuring you out and you start, uh, and other teams start getting their teams figured out down, the, it's harder to win games down later in the year. I think, no, especially with anyone. the amount of injuries, the Titans had, the Titans had so many injuries. Like, yeah, dude. I mean, it was, I, I think it was like what five, five within five plays. They had Taylor Luan go down and then, and then that corner or whatever it was that safety with that went down like yeah, right after Farley. it was like, insane people were dropping left and right i mean it, it does it does suck to see because you know especially some of those get like taylor Lewan, one of the best linemen in the country yeah. uh in, all, in, in the league. and so it's just crazy to see people go down but yeah. you know that's football that it is what it is he did t- it was a weird hit that he took too because he was like he was going for a hit and then all that whole pile just went probably a little bit more south than he ended, had anticipated and his head just hit weird on a defender's back or yeah, defenders back or whatever it was, but yeah, I mean, Tennessee, they, they just take, they get another win, which I think Tennessee is going to win that division easily. I mean, it's what Jags Colts and Texans, like it's really just between Tennessee and the Colts and Colts aren't, they're nothing special. So I think Tennessee takes that. Yeah, they're not world beaters. And Jake hates that because Jake is the biggest fucking Tannehill hater, which we don't have around here (laughs) because Tannehill is one of the most efficient quarterbacks in the, in the league. He is always one of the most efficient quarterbacks in the league. Easy to It's easy to do that when you throw five yards. Yeah, but hey, so. hey, efficiency is efficiency. Um, another game I wanted to talk about was uh, uh another real player. Quick, real re- quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Real quick, well, real, real quick, quick. Denver fucked me too. Actually, a whole different parlay was one where Denver fucked me. I forgot about that. I was not looking forward to this conversation, but you know, <laughs> yeah. the thing is, is uh, you know, Terry Bridgewater threw three picks against our biggest rival, you know, no big deal. But uh, the thing is, is uh, what I was going to say about the Titans game with the bills is dude, it's a really simple creed coming from an OSU fan. You should know, you know that literally the rule of thumb always is dog on the road. You roll the dice, you go for it. You do those things. You go for that fourth and one. But if you're the better team, always extend the game. As the game goes on longer, the better the team usually will separate themselves. So that's what I was just going to say. You live and die by dog on the road, always roll the dice. Other than that, extend the game. I, so, I just think but, it's I think it's stupid for the people that are getting mad about about the Bills going for it. I'm not like mad that they went for it because it's like one of those things like it was it was an easy decision to do because it's Josh Allen. He's going to get that yard. He just slipped. If he if he gets that yard and they win, like no one questions why Sean McDermott throws him out on that fourth and one and didn't just go for the field. No one questions it. Yeah. And be, but I mean, because Tom, he slipped now. It, but I agree. I agree both sides. I think it was the right yeah. move to go for it. And I also agree that they should have just went for the field goal and extended the game. I, you can you can agree with both sides and still just and still be like, damn, they should have went for the fucking field goal and extended the game. But I, yeah. I think it was still a good I mean, move. Tom Brady's like what 400 to 400 for QB sneak. So it's, you know, it's, it's one of those things that it's, it's like, yeah, it should work. It makes sense. But like I always said, dude, you, you live by your sayings, you know, row the boat. If you're a dog on the road, go for it. If not extend the game. Yep. And well, one, one player I wanted to talk about, and I saw, I couldn't find the graphic right before we started. I saw it earlier today, but there was a, a bunch of different takes for, for throughout the league. And one of them was, 
Joe Burrow being a top 10 MVP candidate. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I kind of agree. I think Joe Burrow is like, he's the real deal up there in, in uh, Cincinnati. Now it's just a matter of he's got Jamar chase, which was the, I think, I think this past year in the draft, it was, they had two decisions to make or one decision to make. It was between a lineman, one of the top linemen, and Jamar chase. They went with Jamar chase. Obviously that's kind of paying off, but I do think in the long run, they're going to have to bolster that line. And if they can get that line bolstered, I think they're going to be a force to be reckoned with in that freaking AFC North division. And the Browns just took in, they're getting injured left and right. Nick Chubb's out for this week. So, I mean, it's, it's really the Bengals and, and the Ravens. That's, I mean, that's it. Steelers are obviously all right, but, and they, they had that big win over the Seahawks, but I, I do think that the Bengals for the foreseeable future, are probably going to be the team to beat if they, if they can get that line uh, figured out for the long haul, I th- they're good right now. They're doing great. But I think in the long haul, cause you know, one of them goes down and then, then it just matter of time. But what do you guys think? Do you guys think Joe Burrow is a top 10 MVP candidate? I mean, he's good. I wouldn't say top 10 MVP candidate. It's just just, the thing is, like, I think there's five players realistically that could probably win MVP. I don't think there's 10 players that could. Maybe it was top 10 quarterbacks. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm just sitting here trying to think, list them off. So far this year, yeah. I mean, he's played probably like a top 10 quarterback. Um, What do you guys think about? You have those weapons down there in Cincinnati. It's hard to not play like a top 10 quarterback when you're throwing to some of the best receivers in the league <laughs> and, and a receiver that he already had rapport with it, you know, for yeah. some, for some guys like Herbert or Daniel Jones or whatever, you, you know, usually it takes a few weeks, maybe even a whole season for that quarterback, uh, chemistry with the receivers to build up for them. It was almost right off the bat because that LSU connection and that whole year that yeah. they played. So that's actually, that's like one of the most underrated benefits that he's had, he's gotten up there and probably why they're doing so good is because he trusts Jamar chase as a young quarterback. That's huge to be able to do is to have instant trust in your receivers or at least one of your receivers to know, like, all right, if I put it up there, he's going to get it. Um, I forgot what yeah, I was they were, say. they were they were cracking jokes. They, it was a mic'd up game or whatever where Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow both had mics and they were joking back and forth like during plays where he was like he's like, Hey man, overthrow me, overthrow me every time. Like he's like, What are you doing? You know, he's like I think he took him to the side and he's like, you see that big blue thing down there? He's like, that's the end zone. He goes, throw the ball in there. He's like, I'll go get it. (laughs) I mean, he's not wrong though. He's really not wrong. And if you're Joe Burrow, you're pretty much sitting there like, all right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. What am I doing? Why am I doing different? Uh, But speaking of Mike's up, Mike's up, did you get, I mean, you had to have seen it. And what did you guys think about Aaron Rodgers? I've owned you my whole fucking life. I own you. I still own you. The bears. talk, talk (laughs) Talk about Texas being down bad. That might have been, that's like one of the most disgraceful things a Bears fan could ever experience. But then again, they asked for it and also like do something about it. You know, it's one of those things like the record just proves itself. You can't be like, oh, you don't own us. It's like, yeah, he's 22 and five against you guys. I mean, that was an awesome, awesome moment. I think Pat McAfee said it uh, on his show today. And maybe it was maybe it was yesterday or something, but that's going to go down as like a historical moment in in football. It's going to be uh, T.O. signing autographs on the ball. Randy Moss talking shit. You know, it's one of those historic moments. People will talk about it forever, especially people when they start talking. Oh, no more. No more shit talk. Or we want to minimize shit talk. It's like that was an awesome moment. I think I think more things like that should happen. I wish Baker would do it. I wish and he probably does it more so more than we realize just because not not they're not a 
they're not getting captured every second. Like sometimes you just have stuff missed, but I think yeah. that was an awesome moment, especially coming from Aaron Rodgers, where, you know, this whole off season, there was like, Oh, does he even, does he even appreciate the game anymore? Uh, you know, have motivation in the game. I think, well, like that huge fucking belt that he gave. And then I own you. I still own you. One of the all time greatest moments uh, in terms of non, non like game. Like it wasn't a catch or anything. It was a cool run in, but like, Aside from gameplay, one of the coolest moments in football, at least in, in the last recent memory. Yeah, and did you see the picture from, like, the stands, like, right behind the end zone, all, all the Bear fans just giving the bird to, to Aaron Rodgers? That, yeah, that was I mean, an epic picture right there. That's – I mean, if I was Aaron Rodgers, I'd want that frame because that's – Yeah. For them to be flipping you – they're hating your guts, they're calling <laughs> you whatever, and you just run in and you're like, I fucking own you. I fucking own your ass, all of you, you know, like none of you can say anything to him. And, and he's right. None of them can. Uh, Aaron, I, I will bet on Aaron Rodgers every week. It, it's hard. Cause it's like the Packers are probably going to drop a couple more, but like, they're just always like, you can't, you cannot count out Aaron Rodgers unless it's like a, the NFC championship game or something, then you can count them out, but you can't count out Aaron Rodgers. He's always in it. He's always going to get it done. And, and you just, I don't know. I, I love that moment. It was probably one of my favorite moments in, in a long yeah. time for football, but I don't really have much else to talk about. I don't think much else to talk get into, about. Arizona's, uh, we have NBA starting today or this That's week. right. Let's actually talk about a little bit, a little NBA because some pretty cool drama. I saw you uh, tweeting about the drama today, Preston. Jake, did you see it? The Ben Simmons shit? Mm. Ben Simmons got thrown out of practice by Doc Rivers and then suspended for the opening game because – I don't know. I guess he just doesn't he, want to play for Philly. Ben Simmons thinks he's a superstar in the NBA and, and thinks he, does, he deserves to be treated like a superstar. And Ben Simmons is not a superstar in the NBA. He's not even a superstar on his own team. And he's trying to be treated like a, a Kawhi Leonard, a Paul George, a LeBron James, James where he Harden. wants to get tra- James Harden. James Harden literally gained 200 pounds to get traded. Exactly. <laughs> he wants to get traded out of Philly. He doesn't want to play in Philly. He shows up to practice today. Doc Rivers asked him to participate in a defensive drill and uh, Simmons said no. And so uh, Rivers asked him again and again, he said no. And so Doc Rivers just sent his ass home. And I believe what I heard on the radio uh, earlier today is that he's missing out on like 400 K per game during this, just to, just to pull a stunt to where he thinks that he's able to do something that he's not able to do. And it won't happen because no one in the NBA values him as much as he values himself. Yeah, you know, I saw some, I think Big Cat tweeted out, he's like, I'd love to meet the person in his group that is telling him like, yeah, you're making the right moves because that yeah. person is probably more insane than Ben Simmons is. Because honestly, yeah. like you, you nailed it, Preston. He does not have that pedigree to do that. I don't, if he could shoot, maybe he would have that pedigree. But unless you're a team that only needs someone to facilitate the ball. You don't really need Ben Simmons. No one does. I mean, this is the same guy that was scared to dunk the basketball. He did not dunk the basketball. Yeah. He was so scared to do that. What is he going to do for anybody? It's insane. Honestly, you know, I saw another thing. Trill Withers (laughs) put out there. Trey Young held him the five points. It is just still the most unbelievable thing of all time. I saw I mean, Joe Withers put it out. He was see like, this guy uh, right here yeah, on my yeah, wall. Tavar yeah. Shine scored 12 points against Trey Young by himself. Never, he's never done that at OSU in his, in ever. But against Trey Young, he's like, oh, you're small and just shot over him and just bang, 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 bang. Ben Simmons, but ben Simmons was like an elephant against a mouse. 
Speaking yeah, of right. uh, OSU oh, basketball, God. do you see uh, your boy is out for the uh, game one of his career? What? Oh, okay. Yeah, he's going to miss the the first game of his career injury. Really? I didn't yeah, see that. That does suck. Good. I saw another tweet, though, about the whole Ben Simmons situation, which is like all the people on Twitter that are like, oh, fuck you, Ben Simmons. You suck. You don't have the pedigree to do this. All those people are going to be the ones deleting those tweets when uh, they get he gets traded to their team. So if he comes to OKC, you know, I'll be breaking this fucking episode back. But uh, well, the I good actually, thing is if he gets he traded will, to Oklahoma City, it's going to be just like a, a cash dump for someone. And, and OKC is going to trade him for picks down the road. Uh, this is yeah. uh, Oklahoma City has turned into like the rehabilitation center for the NBA. Uh, if you need to go to rehab, just send them on over to Oklahoma City. It's basically like actually going to Arizona for rehab or some shit like that. Uh, you're doing hard drugs. Go to Arizona. Send your ass to rehab. Now, if you suck in the NBA and want to get traded from your team, just come on over to Oklahoma City. Bring a couple first round picks with you. We'll ship your ass out next year. Uh, for another couple uh, first round picks. Who do you think is the next the next vet that comes to OKC? Oh man, who knows? It's always just an obscure name that no one knows. So it, is we'll it going to be like uh, it, it could be someone from the Lakers because they're the, Hayward, that old, dude. That old man squad that the Lakers have, like they're they're old great. Man squad that's probably going to win the chip or the title. Yeah, and the thing is with the Lakers, the yeah, the Lakers have their contracts on there are so freaking big that it's going to be tough to try and trade any of those guys. If they do end up, you know, not panning out. I think it's going to be Gordon Hayward. I think you guys are going to get Gordon Hayward at some point and he'll come back here and then he'll leave and be like Chris Paul and take a team to the fucking deep in the playoffs or something. He does fit the uh, Sam Presti mold. Yeah, that is true. That is true. All right, boys. I think that's it for this week. If you're watching, if you're still watching and listening, Thank you. We really do appreciate it. Be sure to hit that subscribe button, that like button, wherever you're listening to us. Follow us on Twitter as well, at the Bakers here, at PrestonPool405, at Jake Cart. And Preston's going to be talking about a lot of other Thunder probably because he's actually going to be working for them. So let's everyone that's listening, give Preston a round of applause. If you're watching, give Preston a round of applause. Thank you. Congrats, Thank Preston. You. That's really awesome. Till next week. See ya. See ya.